did we just watch, Kevin? We just watched Nate, a one-man show on Netflix, performed and written by Natalie Palamides. Yes. And it is a one-hour special. I think Netflix tries to label it as a comedy special. Yeah. Because people probably aren't used to the actual one-man, one-person Performance show. piece. Performance yeah. piece. Yeah. Um, so this is a character developed yeah. by Natalie Palomides, whose name is Nate. Mm-hmm. He's uh, He's got a little bit of the toxic masculinity. He's the manly man. Happening. <laughs> Uh, it's a little confusing. Makes life a little confusing for him. Yeah. And uh, he's got some tough stuff going on. Yeah. Dealing with. Yeah. But it gets. Like I said, I think it gets billed as a comedy special because Netflix is in. We're doing stand-up yeah. comedy. This yeah. is not stand-up. This, this is, is not stand-up. This is performance. <laughs> not that stand-up is not performance. There's. Any different meanings yeah. of performance. Well, there's, and there's a spectrum of, like, stand-up. Like, you have your one-liners who go on stage and just tell joke after joke after joke. Then you have your people who do storytelling based in comedy. You have, like, um, Mike Birbiglia, I think, has has blended the line between performance and stand-up. While still being closer to the stand-up side than, than yeah. something like this is. Although his... his... He's really telling a whole story. Yes. And and he's moved in that direction over the years. Like, I think um, stuff pre-My Girlfriend's Boyfriend, if I'm going to get too far into the microbiglia weeds, I think was more stand-up specially. And he would still tell fun stories, but he then started crafting, like, tight narratives around his jokes. But this is a performance piece... Um, like a play. Like a play. <laughs> I don't know if I would go as... It's, it may not be weird enough to be called performance art, but... It's pretty weird. I mean, there is performance art that is much weirder than this. Yeah. Weird is not a, a pre-qualification no. for performance art. Um, and this was this was pretty weird. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty weird. I think... So, the first, like minute is audience members saying how uncomfortable and shocked and whatnot they were which i guess is a thing that we're adding now before tape live performances yeah. to give you a taste and i was going through the whole thing going this is this is smart this is well done yeah that's not shocking <laughs> maybe maybe my bar is just your bar is Probably higher than a lot of people, yes. having been part of the this world for longer and seen some impressive performance pieces over the years. Like this was good. Um, no, this was this was this was certainly boundary pushing and shocking for a stand up comedy special, mm-hmm. which it wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I I agree. Like I, I think it's really, was, was it. Amy Poehler, yeah. that, was, that was, I guess, a producer or something on it, like, going, like, yeah, yeah art sometimes is, is tough to watch. It's uncomfortable, and it's weird. And, yeah. yeah, which is true, but de- definitely felt like a, a disclaimer more than anything else. Yeah, like, just warning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, which, but uh, I agree with you that, like, I don't feel like that, for you and I, that disclaimer was particularly necessary. Yeah. Well, and it's easy to run down the way that this 
it's easy for me to run down <laughs> how this performance is functioning, which may not yes. have been as obvious to everyone. Um, but you have this, um, so it's a woman performer. I, yes. It's a woman. Yes. Um, <laughs> actor, writer, doing this character who mm-hmm. is um, presented as a cis man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was worried going in that we were going to get into some bad trans territory and mm-hmm. i think we stayed out of that oh yeah that it was clear that this character is a cis man mm-hmm. um, that she is plain he is hyper masculine she is um costumed to emphasize the markers you might call signifiers what of manliness work <laughs> um, and I'm going to go with manness. When I wrote my say on gender performance, they made me change it to maleness. Yeah. So manness is not a word, but. Um, it's our podcast. We can say whatever yeah. words we want. Oh. Um, so, yeah. So, lots of hair. Yeah. On, like, Just, the handlebar mustache. This giant chest giant hair patches. Chest hair that is not. It really does look some, like someone just took <laughs> chunks. Handfuls of hair. Of, of <laughs> costume hair. And pasted it on yeah. um, her. And, I mean, you can tell that she has breasts. Or yes. the character. This is where you get into some character actor. Yeah. Weirdness. Kind of a little Brechtian break Oh, here. yeah. There's a um, lot of Brechtian in this thing. <laughs> so, you know that the actor, you think that the actor is a woman. You can see her breasts. Yes. Um, she's not covering them. They're covered in the this man... patchy hair. Good <laughs> m- um, quotes, manly yes. chest hair. Um, so you, the signifier of manness. <laughs> the, co- the audience, the viewer, constantly has this like tension between, okay, the character is a like, hyper-masculine mm-hmm. cis guy, but we can see the actor is not. Yeah. And and for it it was fascinating to me to watch the audience deal with that. Like cuz I think some performance you don't want to show the audience for various reasons. But I think with a show like this and I'm thinking of like in and of itself as well where like the audience is such a part of the performance. In and of itself is the one man magic show yes. that we just watched a yes. couple weeks ago. You can check out our podcast on that if you it's haven't. Hulu. Hulu. Um but the audience's tension around that was fascinating to me. Um, I was reminded really of, um, among other things, uh, Hannah Gadsby's Nanette, where she talks about tension and release and how that robs some of the power of it when you turn it into a joke. Nate didn't give you release. It just continued to build the tension, and you had the audience like trying to laugh, like and in some cases laughing, but like that you could tell that they were tense because it, there wasn't a punchline. I'm only now getting that too because as we were watching, there were some some parts that I chuckled at. Yeah, and I laughed too. That you chuckled at, but there were a lot of parts where I was like, I can't figure out why the audience is laughing because it's not. <laughs> It's kind of a serious point that's being made yes. here. So I'm realizing now that that was probably in the nervous laughter. Yeah. We don't know what to do. So. Yeah, this is this is absurd. And I'm, I'm expecting a punchline. I'm expecting this tension release, and it's not coming. So it's just burbling out almost. Mm-hmm. Um, we shouldn't, we should say, 
because we haven't super gotten into content yet. We are going to spoil the heck out of this, um, like we do everything we watch. Mm-hmm. So uh, and these are our first impressions with no con. This is the kind of show that I really would actually like some context before yeah. we dive into discussing. Like, but we're not going to. <laughs> what's the history of this show? What other stuff has mm-hmm. she done? Because um, there are a lot of tricky spots to step yeah. into without yeah. context. Um, but uh, we don't have it yet. So, man. Yeah. I, I always picture this as the conversation we have in the car after leaving the theater. So we never oh, have all that. Yeah, no, no, audience, that's exactly what this is. I'm just saying <laughs> that sometimes I really wish... We did a little research before we started publicly sharing our thoughts. No. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, But yeah, because we have have very little context for like, was this this created for like a Netflix performance? Was this something that Netflix found? Um, You know, like, because like a lot of stand-up performances, like that's a piece that the stand-up comedian has been working over years yeah. and they're putting together to become a performance and then Netflix comes along and is like, we'll give you less money if you're black to perform that on camera for us. Or a woman. Or a woman. Or a black woman. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Monique is still suing Netflix as far as I know for uh, not giving her what she is due. Good job, <laughs> Good job Monique. Uh, so I, I don't know if that was the case here. Like, Where I didn't see is it anything. New York? Is it more on like a fringe festival level? Yeah. Is it a little bit more mainstream? I mean, this felt like something that would have come out of a fringe festival. It does. It does. Um, I the the audience in it and their reactions Did made me think it was fringe. like a fringe festival. Like this felt like people coming off the street. Also, the theater is kind of nice. I think a lot of Fringe festivals are in like more found, yeah, much someone's more garage. <laughs> yes, this felt very professional, and of course, you had multiple camera people, you know, filming it from all sorts of different angles over the course of the and evening. You could see the camera people too, which you often can't. In these. They often hide them. Yes, it's very um, Brechtian. And uh, Nate was also playing to the cameras, which is a cool way to, I think, mm-hmm. say. This is not strictly a stage show, yeah. right? It's not, and you're not experiencing a filmed stage show. You're yeah, this is a thing a that exists as this. Um, I don't know. You just want to go from kind of the yeah, top to bottom. <laughs> well, I think, or I mean, talking about the the embodied performance is, I think, what I want to start with. And you, we started mentioning this sort of opening act, as it were, with Nate coming out on this tiny motorcycle and pulling someone from the audience and doing a little jump over him and it was just this hyper masculine yes. show yes very much a um, show. The, the pinnacle of which was sort of the peak of the the performance bit was dumping a mouth a bucket full of whey powder into his mouth and spitting it out while lighting it on fire and then kind of choking yeah. on the dust <laughs> afterwards <laughs> Like just that's just perfection in yeah. what it's attempting to portray. I was just so impressed too. It, you kind of come out. He comes out onto a mostly empty stage, and by the first two minutes, the place is a mess. Yes, he just wrecks it. It's just a mess, <laughs> and then it just stays a mess yeah. through the, the whole show. So I mean, there's a lot of symbolism <laughs> in that. Um, yes, display of. of the wreckage, hyper masculinity. Um, 
and very right from the start getting audience participation Mm -hmm. which also makes me wonder about the improv background natalie palomides Mm -hmm. because so much of it's dependent on what kind of audience you get yes and how they respond yes um it's clear that she's expecting certain answers but there's a lot of wiggle room oh yeah for how an audience would would react could react um to the kind of the questions and and nate the character arguably makes it very clear very early on that nobody has to do anything they don't want to mm-hmm. um through a fantastic like opening bit like the the starting bit of well first he passes out the Lacroix, right that's LaCroix the first audience interaction uh, involvement do you want yeah. some Lacroix? Some LaCroix some passing them out to the chugging it like yeah. a beer yeah um but then like you know he it's this this fascinating trick i'm saying he nate the character obviously Mm -hmm. natalie the performer is also the writer and doing all of this stuff so it's a it's a weird mixed blend there Mm -hmm. um but nate issues this challenge after the lacroix have been given so they they've been passed around to the audience or at least significant portions of the audience there's a half a dozen or so out there and he says, all right, we're going to chug this. Whoever does it first can do whatever they want, um, which is incredibly ominous. And specifically, like, whatever they want to anyone in this room, mm-hmm. um, which is a a statement of fact that is made as, as almost like a bet. Like, hey, I bet you whoever can do this, we can do whatever we want. But it's not presented as an option. It is a command. See, I take it as a bet. I was like, this is the prize. What well, is the prize? But but the people who accepted the Lacroix were not agreeing to that. No, they were not. They were agreeing to a can of Lacroix, and there is that sort of like, oh well, if you agreed to this, then you're also agreeing to that, mm-hmm. um, which is a fascinating thing to do with a half dozen cans of Lacroix. Yeah. I mean, I also say we're kind of like. I think jumping ahead of ourselves too, and then it's Lacroix because it's like uh, theater space, and they couldn't just throw out beer just because that would be—I'm sure that would get an alcohol license in trouble. Yeah. For but the expectation, the way that he's carrying this cooler full of cans, is that it is beer? Is that it's like a natty light, yeah, Bud Light um, kind of beer? And so part of the joke too is that it, no, it's it's Lacroix, which is yeah. Like, the hipster drink. Yes. <laughs> which doesn't quite jive with this hyper masculinized character. Yeah. Does. And the the chugging of it, whoever gets drinks it by twelve, the count of twelve, yeah, can do whatever they, they want. want. So there's a disconnect there between what they're yes. drinking and what this very manly bet. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in the first sixty seconds of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that is setting up a lot of the themes that go on throughout it. And of course, he wins because he cheats. He just basically pours that onto his face and is like, ah, I do it. But then there comes the moment, which is in the preview, which I think literally sums up like the closest thing this movie has to a thesis very early on, where he sort of like makes eyes at a woman in the audience and holds out his hands. Yeah. And like gets kind of close, and we all know what's going on. We understand the language of of what's happening here, and there's a subversion when he he says, "May I?" When he is 
almost, almost. there touching <laughs> her breasts. And she says no. And he says, okay. And he moves on. And then he does it to somebody else. And and that is setting up. And, and then there's this whole bit about, like, you've got to ask, you've got to ask. And he gets the whole audience chance, ask, ask, ask. And he's going to ask and brings axe and brings out an axe. But, like, it's so fascinating to me that, like, it encapsulates that idea of, like, what we're told consent is mm-hmm. versus what the rest of the show is about. Yes. It's not quite so simple. <laughs> but using this hyper-masculinized character to show this oversimplified view of, like, Nate thinks he's got it figured out. He knows what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to ask. You're always supposed to ask. That's, what I, that's, that's the rule. And then to see the rest of the show where that gets put into multiple different new contexts... Of pushing the boundary and you know what's being asked of you but if you're not saying it how does that work and and where is the line mm-hmm. i thought it worked i i don't know how over how many nights this um, was filmed this was filmed but i thought it worked really well in the order that the first um woman he went up to looked really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and when he finally asked her she said no, no. <laughs> So to have the first one be a negative, I thought was a good order to see. Yes, because that's what you kind of expect. You don't yes, want You're not a expecting the yes stranger <laughs> to come through. Yeah. It also made me think too. I mean, we're talking consent, sexual consent. And this yes, is, that's a that's very, the theme of the show. Very um, important discussion that mm-hmm. we all society needs yes. to have to but it did make me think about performer and audience consent yeah. too and how many shows performers get up in the audience face to be shocking mm-hmm. and there's not consent there's not consent <laughs> agreeing to see a show very, is not consenting very to yes. different types of consent like yes. not in, even in the same universe um but it but, is representative of I, I definitely feel like I've been in shows where yeah. they would have just come up and touched. Yeah. Well, we, we we saw a show at the Butterfly. The Vortex. The Vortex, but it was also at the Butterfly. It was both. Oops. Oh, no. Oh. You need to answer that? No. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's live, folks. It's live. unedited. I'm not, I'm not fixing that in post. <laughs> um, it was at the Vortex, but it was also... In and around the butterfly bar, mm-hmm. where you got a bracelet yes. that was red, yellow, or green mm-hmm. that was established up front. Like, hey, if you say red, nobody's going to touch you. Nobody's going to interact with you if you have the red one. If you've got yellow, they're going to ask first, and you can say yes or no. If you've got the green, that's a pre-exempting yes, you're cool with it, but you can always still opt out and say no after you know you realize what's happening. Yeah. I think I've just been thinking about it more and more as I've been learning about autism spectrum disorder. Oh, yeah. Wanting to be touched. Yeah. Like, Like, don't touch people without their consent. (laughs) Don't touch. It's it's important. Um, But yeah, I I, I did. I liked having the bracelets green, yellow, or red for how much the interaction performers could interact Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. Which was immersion breaking but not in a way that i care about (laughs) like in the sense that like the bracelet didn't exist within the context of the play oh yeah it was just it was 
pre-consent. Yeah. <laughs> it was an adaptive tool to make things more successful. So the adaptive tool in, in Nate, the one-man show, is that he asks. Yes. Can I touch your boobs? Can I touch your penis? Yeah. Can I touch these parts that you're, you're not supposed to touch, touch without asking? Strangers or in public. Yes. General. Um, but I think it, it's fascinating to me that the show also then complicates that idea that all you have to do is ask. Um, and it gets into... By showing that uncomfortableness of like someone asking directly and maybe not being comfortable to say no, there is a tension there and there is an awkwardness. And Natalie, the performer, does a really good job in the show of creating those situations in a way that are relatively safe. Like, you know, hey, dry me off. The dry, that, was, that was an, uh, a more awkward one. I'm thinking of like the wrestling. The wrestling. Um, I'm glad you're bringing this up, the consent, because I, I had actually missed that. I got the consent at the end being mm-hmm. an issue, but I hadn't thought about it kind of in the middle. Um, so there's a moment where she pulls a seemingly ra- random guy. I could also see that being a plant because the wrestling looked coordinated to me. It looked surprisingly um, coordinated. And <laughs> insurance is expensive. Yes. You, know? like, <laughs> you don't want to injure your audience members or your performance. Yeah. The reason, before we go forward, the reason I don't think it was a plant is because I think there was something, there were instructions in that thing oh, that were handed okay. to him. Because I was watching and there was a page of text that like he read yeah before he pretended to start signing that's the only reason i think it wasn't a plan okay okay um, still dangerous still dangerous still tricky the point you were making about consent um i was watching so he's rest he's challenged this he's challenged this member, man yeah uh to a fight over a woman mm-hmm. um and I felt like in that, and there's another moment where he makes another audience, a male audience member, come to dry him off after taking a shower, where he kept daring, it was specifically men that came down, he kept daring them to touch his boobs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where the tension was. Yeah. And that's where the audience men were like, you know, we're we're like normal, uncomfortable audience members coming to participate. Mm-hmm. Normal, normal, normal. But the prospect of touching boobs, boobs. of this male character, yeah. was a boundary that they didn't want. They were to uncomfortable cross. with, yeah. yeah, and and they really never did. Like that would like only sort of, and again, very tentatively, and so, that's yeah. what I kept watching. I, yeah. I was like, oh, there's this like. She, the writer, wants to, like, <laughs> make them feel really bad or mm-hmm. conflicted or yeah. to see, what if they're not? What if they just go for it? Yeah. Um, but he asked them to. Like, that was yeah. that's the affirmative consent, right? You had the yes. That's all you need. But it's more complex than that. Yeah. It is nuanced. Um, so I, I found that really fascinating, in those moments of like that, the power dynamic of performer versus audience member, you know, being invited onto stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was surprised at how unwilling some of them seemed to be to say no in that moment of uncomfortableness. I, I think that also comes to a little bit of the power of the performer. I think yeah. audience members are kind of like, 
conditioned. I don't want to do... ruin the play. <laughs> well, I've been invited down here. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to ruin things. I want it to go according to plan. And but also, they didn't volunteer for even really having audience participation. No, they answered a question. That's how it started. Yeah, not hey, does anyone come join me on stage yeah. to do this trick? Yeah. yeah. And particularly with, like, with Lucas, the best friend character, like, he was clearly just, like, looking into the audience at a person and being, like, or maybe not at a person, but just saying, hey, Lucas, and waiting for somebody to respond. Right, there was the, the, the rhythm of it was, yeah. hey, I've, I've already conditioned the audience uh-huh. to respond to me when I ask you questions, so someone needs to respond when I ask for Lucas. Yes. And, and that's somebody, you know, weekly. Yeah, yes. Uh, and and then you get the the bit with the goofy handshake with Lucas, which again is all about those like reading the signals of what the other person wants you to do without specifically communicating it. And because they're the premise is oh well you know Lucas and Nate have done this goofy handshake forever, but the audience member has no idea what the next step is or what's going on, but has to catch up. So that was I mean I really liked this show. <laughs> It was, it was real good. It was... Uh, so just just seeing all of that. I have to say, too, you know, I didn't find it shocking, but I appreciate, like, the way that they set it up for me at the yes. beginning as a viewer. <laughs> but it wasn't a show, I think, that was trying to be shocking. No. So I do appreciate yeah. that. Shocking for shocking sake. Yeah. It wasn't trying to push buttons or, you know, just be offensive for the sake of it um there there is a half naked person on screen for on stage for the majority of the show with a ridiculous gummy penis oh god gummy like in gummy bear like like stretchy silicone it's not like like a dildo no (laughs) i mean what what it reminded me of and i don't know that it was and i i would guess it probably wasn't this but i could be wrong was um packers that some trans men wear which is a false prosthetic penis that you can put in your pants mm-hmm. um i don't think it was actually one of those but i have no idea um I but it was enough. it was played for humor i mean it was the moment he takes his underwear off <laughs> And you're like, well, he's in setting up is yeah. super hyper masculine. Yeah. So of course, a super hyper masculine is going to act like he's got a very big penis, and this yes. is a very big. Penis. Yes. And it's also ridiculously stretchy. Yeah. <laughs> and you and the show does a really good job of building to it because he comes out and he's got just this jacket on over a bare chest, um, and these big heavy cargo pants. And in the wrestling scene, he takes his jacket off. Um, and that was when I realized that he wasn't wearing, like, a bodysuit underneath. Oh. Which is sort of what I expected, I think. Was, like, a, you know, a skin-colored leotard with all this fur stuck on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually, you know, that's just Natalie's body yeah. underneath. Um, but then in the wrestling scene, when he took his pants off and was down to his underwear, like, you could see the giant, goofy bulge mm-hmm. in his pants. Okay, that's enough biting. Bye-bye, Kitty. Bye-bye, Kitty. Um, And so you get, like, that sort of continual build of, like, how far is this going to go? What is going to be the end of this? Because then he gets into the shower and he's like, oh, I left my my headband on. Oh, I left my socks on. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's it's that again the same idea of this building of tension without really ever getting to a release mm-hmm. arguably when he takes his underwear off and you see his giant floppy penis that is a moment of that sort of relief of yes we really are going there well and i was worried it, so it, it kind of happens twice it's repeated yes. in a different way and when it first was happening i was so i was going okay i don't want this to be a lesson like that masculinity can just be stripped off yeah that's a costume you wear that's a very yeah. when we talk about gender and performance <laughs> most a lot of people think that when we say gender is a performance it means it can be stripped on and off mm-hmm. as easily as a costume and yes. that is not what, what we mean what we mean by that so that didn't happen that did it not happen the first time it, it avoided that <laughs> Yes, so he just, uh, the last thing he takes off is his underwear, but underneath is this penis prosthetic. Yes, um, with with another goofy patch of pubic hair. Yes. um, Matching his chest hair. So Natalie never gets completely naked. No. The um, performer. Yes, but you do see her breasts over the course of the whole show, which is fine, like is, is intentional and part of the show. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Well, as it gets into questions, too, you know, like the free the nip campaign. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, you know, men have nipples. Yeah. And well, I, I wrote down in my, in my notes, like at one point, I think it was in the shower scene when the guy was coming down, um, Lucas was coming down and was uncomfortable and sort of things like that. Like, I almost expected Nate to go, like, they're just boobs, man. <laughs> like, that was the sort of subtext, almost, of what was going on there. Um, but the choice to never acknowledge them, I think, was really important mm-hmm. for the greater context of the show. But It was working on, on so many, oh, ways, yeah. many levels. So complex. Because um, if, you're, if you're not familiar with, like, these campaigns that happen on social media where... Mm-hmm. Um, people get blurred out. Yeah. Tum- Tumblr of... famously banned female presenting nipples. Yes. So people have taken like pictures of male nipples <laughs> and, and just put, put them, them over, over digitally like uh, pasties. Women's <laughs> nipples because. Because those are okay. Men's nipples are fine. That's the message uh, that these platforms. Yes. Not, not social media as in. Not the, the people on social media. People, the, the platforms, the way that they. Have set up their rules yeah. in terms of service. And the way they censor what's on their platforms. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that. There was a lot playing into that that I think was was very funny. Uh, I'm just remembering what I wrote. Uh, oh, the whole thing with Helen or Elaine, as he said, that it was supposed mm-hmm. to be pronounced. Um was another clever subversion of audience participation and making her be a bigger part of the show than she thought she was. Because it starts out, this is how the wrestling ends yes. up going. But it starts out him asking the audience, uh, who here is with their partner? Yes. So you imagine, there's many people Hands that, raised. As, and he comes and he picks on one couple. Mm-hmm. And he talks to... It's it's a heterosexual. Yes. As, as presenting. Presenting. It is a man and a woman. <laughs> it is a man and a woman. Um, and he only talks to the man. Yeah. And that's why it's important for me to say that. Yes. <laughs> it's heterosexual presenting so that the, um, he's talking to the man and he's such, you know, 
toxic masculinity oh, yeah. is so tied into compulsory heterosexuality. Yes. Um, and I appreciate so much when he eventually started talking to her and, like, said, I didn't get your name. And she said back, you didn't ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this, it becomes a whole bit. And all yes. they did was raise their hand to say that yeah. we were... Um, and he, he calls her names, and he makes the man in the relationship come down and wrestle him. He turns her into his ex-girlfriend, yes. basically. Yeah. Um, kept, keeps pressing her for information Details. about her life. I really enjoyed the Uber Lyft joke. Because um, I figured out exactly what was going on. I, I, I knew how the joke was working. Yeah. Um, so, but that made the reveal of Taxi so much better. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't either, and that was hilarious. That is a moment when I just laughed out loud. So he asks her, do you prefer <laughs> question. Uber yeah. or Lyft. Lyft? And she's like, Lyft. And he's like, awesome. And he rips down one side of his jacket to reveal his right arm. We'll say yeah. his right arm. And he has a tattoo of Lyft down. Yeah. You know, in my performance brain was like, oh, clearly he has one on the other side that says Uber, Uber, depending on how the audience reacts. reacts. And okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's a good bit. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, he reveals the bit later on at the start of the wrestling match when he takes his jacket off and you see Uber on the other side. (laughs) Thus saying to the audience, yes, I know you know how I did the bit. Uh, but then you get the reveal of Taxi, and it was he hilarious. He takes the pants off, and Taxi is in the lower back yes. area. Yes. <laughs> often colloquial known as a, the, the as a tramp, tramp stamp, stamp, which is a problem. Yes. In naming. Yes. Uh, yeah, the lower back tattoo that said Taxi was was chef's yep. kiss. It was just a perfect the, moment. The third unspoken <laughs> option. Yeah. Which we're talking about uh, yes or no. What? <laughs> God, I didn't even There's think of that. More That's than two brilliant. <laughs> That's Uber brilliant. Lyft. I love this show. The more we talk about it, <laughs> <laughs> whoa! That's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's great. I don't. I don't <laughs> that's just a great <laughs> bit. Oh, that works so well. <laughs> And it was done with a funny joke with a lower back tattoo because, mm-hmm. of course, it was uh, tattoos. Which, by the way, you see the rest of the show because, again, from that point on, Nate spends almost the rest of the show topless or without a jacket, without his jacket or shirt on. Um, I guess on the date when he goes to class, his painting class, class, on the date, he's got his clothes back on. He's got his clothes back on for the moment. Do we want to talk about the art class, the sort of second half of the show? Yeah, well, I think it's maybe the last third. Yeah, I would have to look at an actual point. I have no idea what it... But yeah, uh, you get sort of the intro stuff, the wrestling fight, the shower scene, and then the art class mm-hmm. is roughly how it's divided up. Yeah, yeah. Into little, into little bits. The art class is he's going... Uh, his teacher is played by a mannequin. Yes. Stand in for the With- teacher. Natalie performing the voice while also performing Nate. Yes. Yeah. So then you again as the audience have that double like Yeah. You hear the female voice, you hear the male voice, the, the yeah. same body. Neither voice. of which are 
Natalie the performer's natural voice. Yeah. They are both character voices that she is doing. Yeah. Um, but she also doesn't hide the fact that she's doing both voices. Right. She's not like ventriloquisting. Yeah. yeah like she's just talking lips in the Nate body um, for the mannequin. Mm-hmm. Another great magic trick moment um, when Nate wheels out the mannequin and we, we see him behind the mannequin doing the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and she takes roll, and actually he's up in the audience. Yeah. Um, that was another good like, that was a bit. Good. It was a little body double magic trick bit that uh, I didn't see coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That's good. Um, yeah, so so he's taking his night class, and the mannequin slash his teacher uh, makes him give his presentation on his painting that is not finished. Um, and then they go out on a date. And that is very, like, objectifying. Yes. <laughs> women. It's a painting of a woman facing with her legs open. So yes. You see the vagina right center in the painting. They put, like, a Pyrex yeah. glass. Casserole dish. Casserole dish around. Um, it is not artfully <laughs> done. We can, we can paint vagina or vulvas all day long in yeah. artful ways. I'm not saying that that. Yeah. Automatically objectifies. It was not nuanced. <laughs> it didn't yeah. have a lot of nuance yeah. for the the art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um and then she asks him out on a date to go see this one man show that she's heard about called Nate. Um and then afterwards they get drunk and have a sexual encounter overlooking Niagara Falls. That is very questionably consensual. Yes. Um, and it builds in... I mean, the whole show builds to this moment. But even the moment itself builds in a very artfully done way, considering it's a woman pretending to be a man talking to a mannequin and also doing the mannequin's voice in response. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, none of that was believable in the sense that it was real or that I believed it was happening on stage, but it was so evocative that you understood the, the tools of theatrical language. Yes. I'm I'm trying to say that in a less fancy way. <laughs> yeah. It did the thing theater's really good at. Yeah. Which is the evoke Which is to not be realism. <laughs> yeah. That's what theater is good at. You believed and you felt concerned for this mannequin. Um and I don't want to get too much into the details of the actual encounter itself, other than um, at different points in time, both Nate and his teacher pass out due to being drunk um, and then wake up again. And like just being the bluntness that Nate is, when he gets his friend Lucas to come help carry off the mannequin, he turns to and looks to the audience and he says, what is that wrong? Yeah. And that's when I really felt the audience be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, oh, we didn't sign up for this. Yeah. This is a comedy show. Yeah. And there's not, there's crickets. Yeah. And then there's some, like, like, one guy goes, no. Yes. And then you sort of hear, like, this mixed, like, I heard one person, I think, say, well, it depends, which is not an answer. (laughs) It's like, well, not, is it wrong? Like, not. In general, is wrong. Was this situation wrong? This exact one they're asking. So, you, and he's like, just yes or no. 
And he doesn't answer it. He makes the audience answer. Well, you've also been set up so far to believe that there is a yes or no answer. Yes. It's all yes or it's all no. Yes. <laughs> that's that. You just have to ask. If you get a yes, you're good. That's You got to ask for everything, and it's okay. But it turns out it can be more complicated than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, just... I think I think the scene. So Nate feels guilty, unsure, doubts. Yeah, concerned. He doesn't know if that was maybe, right or wrong. Yeah, maybe this was an assault. Yeah, that he didn't mean to commit. Yeah, and, but um, he knows he knows the rules. He knows you're supposed to ask. And you're definitely not supposed to have sex with somebody who's passed out. Yeah. So he does stop. Yeah. When he really realizes yeah. that she has passed out. Um, and he's in the shower, like crying about yeah. it. It's the first time he's finally been able to express him, himself, himself yeah. in that way. And then he transforms into Mrs. Jackson, the art teacher. Yes. I think that was my favorite oh, part. A fantastic and brilliant subversion of expectations because we have we had him disrobing in the shower the first time and then mm-hmm. we get it a second time in the transformational moment. Yeah. That was, yes, fantastic and unexpected and brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, yeah, just artfully. Yeah, wonderfully performed. That to me gets to gender and performance without being. I don't. Unsubtle about or Unsu- un- obvious without saying that gender is just a costume. Yes, that's, that's all it avoids that. Yes, um, it is. It is. The performance of one changes to the performance of another, a but it's but character. it's not. But having one person play multiple characters of different genders on stage does not negate any of those genders. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah. But yeah, and then she gets out of the shower and goes about her day and goes to the next class. And we get one of those, like, so incredibly hard to pull off dialogues with yourself where Natalie plays both Mrs. Jacks, Miss Jackson and Nate simultaneously in one body with minimal change in like costume or performance. Like it's mm-hmm. it's performative. I don't know how to describe it. Other it's than mostly that. happening in the voices. Yes. Mostly in the voices. Um, but not even in the thing of like I stand in one place to be one and move to the other place to be the other. Yeah. It's like standard like center stage, down stage, just and in very one clear. spot. It's not hard to follow. Oh yeah, not at all. In speaking. Yeah. Uh, and it was and really good. And then Nate comes back out at the end and says, thanks for watching my one-man show. I hope the message is clear. Bye. <laughs> Which was so good. Just a perfect uh, final line. And on the end. <laughs> yeah, so we've described the m- movie, so I hope you watched it before you uh, listened to yeah, this. Yeah, and I think we're about at 45 <laughs> minutes, and it's a 50-minute, 60-minute special, yeah. so... We did the thing. We where did the we thing. Went as far as, as yeah, the... um, but an action-packed yes. sixty minutes. Yes. Um, I the the sixty-minute time frame is the only other thing that like makes me go like, oh, Netflix thought this was a stand-up special because that's how long they typically are. Is you mm-hmm. do like an hour of material, um, which is a lot to do on stage by yourself. Yes, um, just to get up on stage and tell jokes for an hour is really hard. So throwing all of that on top of this. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. Being on stage by yourself in stand-up is very vulnerable mm-hmm. also, but 
like you can really see the vulnerability in the performer as well. Yeah. In, in being basically not wearing clothes the whole time yeah. and um, being so out, like in this hyper masculine mm-hmm. um, performance. performance that you get. It's kind of like a shell. Yeah. As with the most toxic masculinity, there's a feeling <laughs> inside that something is missing. Something from isn't, the isn't working as intended. Yeah. yeah. So to bring out that character's vulnerability, well, yes, vulnerable performers on stage, very difficult. And in general, I have very rarely ever seen nudity on stage that didn't feel shoehorned in or unnecessary. That's true. Um, so I have to applaud this show for doing that so successfully and making it an important part of the performance so completely yeah um i think we won't watch enough queer theater if, if we were watching more yeah you're probably right than... we would have seen more i'm i i'm thinking mostly of like college performances we're like oh no we've got a naked person on stage oh, yeah. and like okay it's so controversial <laughs> just breasts it's not that big a deal uh that was that was a thing i thought while watching it was like that's that's so rarely done effectively which is good. The whole thing is good. I liked it. It's, it's good. Do recommend. On Netflix. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Check it out. Worth your time. Yes. And you will maybe be shocked and uncomfortable. Maybe. You might be. I think our bar. Our bar is pretty high. <laughs> yeah. For that sort of stuff to shock or make us uncomfortable. For, yeah. anything else about nate the one-man show nobody has to do anything they don't want exactly kind it's just of. that easy right yeah <laughs> Ooh. yeah we think about that yeah he followed the rules he said said the things he believed the things mm-hmm. yeah good show i like i like when you get to watch a show you just get to rave about yeah <laughs> just that's get to fun. like <laughs> That's fun. Uh, you want to talk about our Patreon? Yeah, let's talk about our Patreon. You can find us at 5 Degrees... No, you can find us at patreon.com slash 5 Degrees. Yes, And support can. us on a per-episode basis. Yep. And set your amount. You can set how many episodes a month you'd like to support. So yep. if we do 500 in one month, you can say, hey, no, max me at 10. Yeah, or 3. Or 1. <laughs> Whatever you feel is appropriate. Yeah. What are some of the benefits you can get, Kevin? Oh, you get so many benefits. And by so many, I mean two. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You get bonus extra double unedited episodes from the moment the mic turns on to the moment the mic turns off. So you can hear us talk to our cat. That's that's most of it. Um, I feel like last episode there was something. We had kind of a funny conversation afterwards that wasn't about our cat. But I don't remember. I don't listen to these shows. Every day is the same. Yeah. That's why I keep putting... Uh, Palm Springs on the list. <laughs> uh, so speaking meta. of the list, that's the other benefit you get for supporting us. Uh, you get a list of movies we didn't watch. Uh, every time we watch a new movie, I give Amy a list to pick from. Not every time, but almost every time. Sometimes we just pick a thing and say, yes, we want to watch that. Uh, I give Amy a list, and she picks the one she wants to watch. And so you can get a sense of where our heads are at in terms of what movies and things we're watching. And also, maybe get a sneak peek on something we watch in the future. Because yeah. things re-show up on the list. Nate had been on the list several times. Yes. 
And that's how I picked it. Yeah. Because it had been on the Because you so. worried. <laughs> You worry that I put things in the list and then you don't pick them. Yes. Sometimes that is how my brain works. <laughs> the list is equal. You can pick anything from the list and it's okay. okay. There's still a movie. But I'm glad I picked yeah. this one. No, I am too. I'm real glad you picked it. I was real excited to watch it. And it was real good. Uh, those are the two benefits you get from supporting us on Patreon. Really, it's, it's about the patronage model. It's about supporting us and letting us continue making this show but you can support us in other ways. You can also uh, rate us and review us on your favorite podcatching service. Um, we have a review on iTunes. Somebody somebody listened to our show and said they liked it, and I was That's very appreciative cool. of it. Very cool. Thanks, person. Uh, yeah, but yeah, telling your friends about us, supporting us, or just keep listening. Like, just being here. Uh, we're going to keep making these whether you want us to or not. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have to promise. listen to them. <laughs> That's all the things. Our website is five degrees between dot us. We don't have a Twitter or a Facebook. Yeah, so I think we got it covered. All right, that's all the things. All right, well, say good night, Kevin. Good night, Kevin. <laughs>